Wow, it is great to see you all sharing with one another something you want others to know about you. And as we step into our time of worship this morning, um, let's, uh, let's think about this time together as our opportunity to learn something God wants us to know about Himself. Let's begin by first of all calling God by His name, and that's a prayer for us to ask Him to come and be present with us. And so we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. And then immediately we come into God's presence and we realize, wow, our week hasn't gone perfectly. And so we pause for a moment, think about what's gone by this week, and then we join together in this prayer of confession. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and your eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And then one of the most special privileges I get to have as the one you've called to be your pastor here in this place is to speak God's words back to you. And we hear that prayer of confession to know that God hears your prayer. God has forgiven you all of your sins by Jesus' death on the cross. And so in the name of the Father, the Son, and the, the Holy Spirit, Go knowing that your sins have been forgiven. In the offering time in a worship service is a time to reflect on God's love for you and the forgiveness that He has poured out for you on the cross. If you've not had the opportunity to already do so, maybe prepare a gift that you would like to give in response to His love for you. Those places to drop those are at the entrance and the, on the way out you can do that if you haven't already done so. I want to step into the message time this morning by taking you back two weeks ago. Because last week we took a little break from our regular lesson and Pastor Tig came in to tell us all about our hopes and our dreams for the future at St. Luke's where we've taken this phrase, awakening hearts in every generation of the power of life in Christ. But today we have, to, we have to step back into the lesson that we were doing previously, step back into the time of God's Old Testament people. And so maybe if you were here you remember this, that Pastor Sam did an absolutely brilliant job of teaching about us about another one of God's prophets, one of God's pastors named Isaiah. And Pastor Sam said that through Isaiah, God had two messages that Isaiah spoke over and over to his people. The first one was this, God deals seriously with sin. God deals seriously with sin. And so you might remember Pastor Sam standing up here and saying, actually, God invented the shot put. And he used this illustration that he was going to twirl around and he was going to throw his people out of their homes and out of their city of Jerusalem. But then he also reminded us that while God deals seriously with sin, God longs to be gracious 
God longs to deal graciously, not according to our sin, but according to His mercy and His love for us. And that's exactly what God does for us day after day in Jesus. He's dealt with our sin seriously on the cross so that He can now deal graciously with all who turn to Him and believe in Jesus. So we're going to meet another pastor today, another Old Testament prophet. His name is Zephaniah, Zephaniah. And he's going to call us to be continuously turning away from sin and turning toward our loving, saving God. Let's watch the story today in the video. When Josiah was king of Judah, God gave a message to a prophet named Zephaniah. God said, a day is coming called the day of the Lord. On that day, God is going to punish people for their sin. I will destroy everything on earth, God said. I will remove all people from the earth. Zephaniah shared God's message about the future with the people of Judah. A few evil kings had been in power in Judah, and the people had turned away from God. God said, I will get rid of all of the things and places my people used to worship false gods. I will punish the leaders and the greedy salespeople. I will punish the people who think I just sit back and do nothing. Zephaniah told the people what an awful day the day of the Lord will be. A day of wrath, a day of trouble, a day of destruction, a day of darkness, a day of clouds and blackness. The Lord will show his anger because everyone has sinned against him. This was terrible news. What were people to do? Come together before it is too late, Zephaniah said. Change your ways. Turn to God and obey him. Be humble. Maybe you will be safe from God's anger. God would also judge the countries around Judah. Some people would lose their land. Others would be destroyed. Would anyone be safe from God's anger? No. Even the people in Jerusalem would be punished for their disobedience. God told the people what was coming so that they would learn a lesson. I want you to fear me and respect me, God said. Then Zephaniah gave the people hope. When all these terrible punishments happened because of sin, God would keep safe the people who trust in him. God promised restoration. He will fix everything, making it like new. The day when God makes things right will be such a happy day for his people. God's people will be glad. Sing and be happy. Shout for joy, Zephaniah said. The Lord will be with you, and you won't need to worry about anything bad happening. God will be with you, Zephaniah said. He will save you and show you how much he loves you. Zephaniah prophesied about the day of the Lord, a day when God will judge the world for its sin and Jesus Christ will return. Jesus will make everything like new, and everyone who trusts in him will be saved. Three words today that I want you to take home with you as an understanding of what God's message is. Those three words are repent, renew, and restore. 
Because here's the problem. Even though Jesus has died for us, Jesus has taken away all of our sins, Jesus has promised us that we're going to live forever, the problem of sin never completely goes away from us as long as we live in this fallen, broken mess of a world. And what Zephaniah and really all the prophets of the Old Testament were dealing with over and over again is in fact the number one sin of human beings of all times. In fact, you could say that the sin, the number one sin of all times is always the sin that is underneath every other sin that you commit. There is a sin that is the one that falls on and everything else goes down the hill because of this particular sin. And the sin that Isaiah and Zephaniah and all of the prophets railed against is a sin called idolatry. That means having a false god. Now, at first, it's tempting for us in the 21st century to think, oh, well, pastor, we've conquered that one. We don't have any little statues in our backyard where we go out and we bow down, we pray, and we offer sacrifices to a false god, except people that a false god, an idol, is anything and everything moment by moment as you go through your day that you might look to for your happiness or turn to for your sense of security. Let me say that again, a false god, an idol is everything and anything moment by moment that you might turn to for your happiness or look to for your sense of security. And guess what? Your fallen, broken, sinful heart and mine are little idol-making factories. Moment by moment, day by day, we look for something to find happiness and to give us security. You know what I, what I really, really, really need to be happy is for these kids to turn out well, right? That's all I need. I'll feel happy and I'll feel complete and successful if these kids will just turn out well. Or maybe Maybe without really saying it out loud, we say, you know what I need to feel safe and secure? All I need is a million or maybe two million dollars in the bank, and then I know that I'm going to be safe and that I can be secure. Well, here's the thing. God deals seriously with our sin, and so He's always calling us to examine our hearts, like we learned last week, to have our hearts awakened so that we're continuously turning away from whatever we think might make us happy, might give us security, and be turning toward Him, turning away from what we sometimes think might make us happy or give us security and turning toward Him. Now, there's a word for that in the Bible, this turning around, and that word is the word repent. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the church, and the word repent always seemed to, to me kind of a dark, painful, unpleasant thing that you had to do in order to get God to forgive you as if you were really, 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 really sad and sorry enough, then God would have to be nice to you and say, oh, okay, it's okay, I see how sorry you are, and I forgive you. 
Now, while there may certainly be some sadness and some sorrow in repentance, I would like to show you that there is another side to it that I, at least for most of my adult Christian life, have missed out on, and it goes like this. Lois and I are blessed to have eight grandchildren. When one of them was just learning how to walk, and she was a late walker, she was 15 months old and she hadn't taken her first step yet. We were starting to worry if there might be something wrong with her. She was a butt scooter. Did anybody have one of those where she just kind of went around the floor like this on her rear end? She never crawled and she hadn't walked yet. So we were sitting in the living room one night and I was down on the floor and her mom was holding her with her hands. Now, mind you, this little girl, when you held her up on her feet and leaned her forward to try and get her to reflexively take that step, would pick both feet up off the ground and hang by your fingers. I won't use the word stubborn. But that night, for whatever reason, I reached out my hand to her and when I reached out my hand to her, she let go of her mother and she took one step, two steps, and then she fell into my lap. You got the picture. You understand what happened. Yes? All right. Now, the question I want to ask you with regard to repentance is what do you think her mother and I did at that point? Can you imagine her papa or her mother scolding her and saying, you, you, you miserable child? That's pathetic. Two steps was all you could get, and you fell down. Your siblings were walking months before you. I can't believe this. What's wrong with any? No, we didn't do that. Of course not. What did we do? We praised her. We, we, we shouted her praises, got her back up on her feet, and guess what? Before the night was over, what was she doing? She was all over the living room. Now, I want you to keep that picture in mind, and I want you to understand that repentance, God's reaction to us when we turn back to Him after we have fallen down, is like my and my daughter's reaction to our little girl taking her first steps. God is not waiting to scold you. God is not standing over to condemn you. God has already forgiven you, and He lights up. He's excited. He's so happy when you turn back toward Him that He scoops you up in your arms, and He praises you, and He blesses you for turning to Him. True repentance, this is what I want you to take home today, comes when you see how much God loves you, enough to die for you on the cross. True repentance is knowing that He forgives you people even before you feel bad even before you're really, really sorry, so that when you do turn around, what you find is Him smiling, not at your sin, He hates at your sin, but smiling at the fact that you have turned to Him. This is the takeaway. True repentance is experiencing a flood of joy that Jesus sees your sin, still loves you, and longs for you to become more and more the person that He created you to be. Repentance, joyfully turning back to God. And you do that daily. That's where the renewal part comes in, that every day 
When you wake up in the morning, you remind yourself of that you are His dearly loved, forgiven, bound for heaven child, and then you go out into the day seeking to turn away from your sin toward, toward God. And when you lay your head down on the pillow at night, realizing that, oh no, there were moments when I didn't do that, but my God loves me and my God is so pleased with my turning to Him. Until finally, you get to the restore part, which was right at the end of our, bio, of our video. You all know that the story of the Bible is not going to be like it is right now forever, where we're constantly falling down, having to get up and turn back toward God. No, the story of the Bible is that Jesus is going to come back again someday, and when He does, He's going to make everything right forever. He's going to restore His creation. He's going to restore us, and there'll be no more sin. There won't be any more sorrow or sickness or suffering or pain, because all of the old order of things will have passed away, and the new will have come. Repent. Turn away from your sin, turn back toward God, and enjoy the pleasure of His presence. Be renewed daily, because one day He's going to restore everything forever. Let's pray together. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we do confess that so often we wind up chasing after other things, and yet we rejoice in the forgiveness that You have. Help us to experience that joy-filled repentance of turning back to You. Help all the people in our congregation who are sick or suffering at this time, be especially with members of our church who are experiencing the grief of having lost one of their loved ones to death. We pray for friends in the Lutheran Haven who lost their house this week to a fire and give us the opportunity to be able to help them recover from that. Pray for all the members of our armed forces, especially Mr. Skelton as he's away this weekend on training. Lift them up and hold them close to you. All of these things we pray in Jesus' name, amen.